Are we recording? Yeah, I, I started recording now. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> we're so, this is a podcast and stuff. It's a podcast and stuff about things. Uh, about, about podcast. people who wear <laughs> diapers, uh, slapping people, and dicks. Lots of rope. 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 Um, Whips, knives. Oh, speaking of knives, I'm Dave. That... This, Th- this, this, you. Who are you? This voice. I'm Jake. And we've got our buddy uh, Chris with us. He's a renowned knife maker. Notorious. Notorious, notorious knife maker. Knife maker. <laughs> he actually has an article on Cracked. He's been on uh, TV. He has been on TV. Yeah. For, like how many years? Years. Or was it just like an episode? I, I, yeah, I was only on one episode. But oh, okay. I mean, they show it a lot. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, if it's happened over the years and it's shown many a time. So anyways, what's the point of our podcast? Oh, mostly because uh, people suck at sex today for a large portion of the population. Um, Unfortunately, the majority of which is male, especially since the advent of, you know, quote unquote, mainstream kink, as in, you know, Fifty Shades of Fuck You. I'm not so sure they suck at sex as much as understanding consent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would yeah. say that fundamentally you're terrible at sex because if you don't have consent, then you're not actually having sex. So I guess maybe we're both, right? They suck at sex, but they're really good at rape. Is that fair to say? <laughs> well, it's a fairly I, I, I think accurate depiction I, yeah, of yeah. the sexual climate in America. If you're bad at, at consent, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Basically... It, 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 Sex, non-consensual sex, which is what they like to call it, that's not a thing. It's just, it's rape. It's, we're just plainly going to state that. Now, of course, um, you know, the, uh, the caveat to that being, you know, consensual non-consent being something else entirely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which I guess you could make an argument that Fifty Shades is just a fan fiction of a consensual so, non-consent Interesting thing about that. I, uh, so, Anne Rice... Anne Rice actually put out a, a um, an op-ed piece a few months ago defending Fifty Shades of Grey, which I was really surprised at. But yeah, she said, so here's the thing. This is a non-consent fantasy, and it's fiction, and you guys can stop attacking it now. Sure. And I think that's a fair argument, but I think for that to hold water... The author needs to have said that. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's the some intent there that I think is missing, but go ahead. The intent is there, but you're also talking about an author who also wrote a very heavy BDSM version of the Sleeping Beauty series. She wrote right. a Sleeping Beauty series that's basically all literally hardcore rape. And nowhere in there is there consent given. Um, and it Whatsoever. is a fantasy piece. That dives headfirst into everything, be it BDSNM. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally get her perspective. She she did this, I don't know, 20 years ago. Um, that ser- that book series came out, I think. Um, and it's, I mean, there is some some heavy duty shit. Oh yeah, books. no, I've, I've I haven't read the actual books like full through, but I've read a lot of excerpts from them, and holy shit, like legitimately, those books are just. It is a hardcore rape fantasy. Yeah, it just starts with rape. But, yeah. (laughs) But I think literally within the first few chapters, he's just like, hey, I woke you up. You're now my slave for my dick. 
you know. And you're so gonna be naked I think though, at the dinner table with me and my dad. With the popular culture and commercial success of Fifty Shades, though, I think the author has a responsibility. If this is just fictional rape fantasy, to say, "Hey guys, this is fictional rape fantasy." I think. I think. Well, there is a negotiation in it, isn't there? The, okay, see, this is the problem that I... This is where I think the breakdown of that comes, is there is a negotiation. They do play out the entire kink scenario, but then after the negotiation phase, he still clearly oversteps every bound and completely... So there's a negotiation, but the negotiation agreement is violated. Yeah, it's violated left and right. Okay. Which I think is the initial issue there. Right, um, yeah, of course. And um, I, they bring up the story of O in that book, right? Mm. Yeah, so I mean, I guess there could be made a, a theme of like another heavy, non-consensual, consenting sort of situation of BDSM. So maybe like for the layman, I was actually thinking about this the other day whenever I was talking about how much I hate Fifty Shades. Yeah. That there is that argument that can be made that it could definitely be just a well you know I think there's non-consent fantasy. I think there's nothing wrong with publishing what amounts to a rape fantasy sure but I think it, once you recognize that there are droves of people taking this as an instruction manual and actually assaulting other people yeah and not just the people who are committing the assaults but the people who are victims to the assault getting the idea that this is normal and this is okay. I think once you realize that that's going on, you have a responsibility to speak up and say, hey guys, no, this is not a blueprint for real life. This is a rape fantasy. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that is very fair. I, I think the biggest problem with it is, is that it's so heavy-handed with the misogynistic aspect and the male-dominated aspect of BDSM, and it doesn't dive deep enough into the female aspect and, and the feminine side of it and, and the female dominance aspect of BDSM it's, it's done from the perspective of the man's world ideal and because he's rich big, and yeah. he's white and he's you attractive know, like, yeah and then there's also the other oh yeah no if this was if this was an overweight fat black man who lived in a trailer it would it would not, not be, be popular by the greater society yeah right? And I think I think the other part of that is is you said earlier with the Sleeping Beauty series. Uh, Sleeping Beauty was also not a mainstream read piece of literature. Like it, it fit very much into a very subculture of a subculture. Also, if like, you're doing a Sleeping Beauty fanfic, the assumption that this is just fantasy and should not be taken as how to do things in real life is implied and understood. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, it's implied because it, it's Sleeping Beauty. Like, right. it, it says it right there. It's obviously a fantasy. But it does unabashedly just go from, like, straight into, I'm raping you, and you're awake, and now we're going to go into Yeah, because he's, like, started, he's like started like, fucking her whenever she was unconscious, what, what, like, yeah. right? That's how the book started. Yeah, and then she was basically sold off as a slave. Yeah. Um, and, and lived as, as, a, as a slave, as a servant, which fuels a lot of people's fantasies and a lot of people's uh, taste of the lifestyle and, 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 you know, grows those interests, which is really cool, but also, you know, it's already an implied fantasy, whereas Fifty Shades is not an implied fantasy, it's an implied realistic scenario. Yeah, it takes yeah, place like in the modern-day like real world. They really do the hardcore breakdown of 
you know, getting into the contracts and the negotiation and all that stuff and making a point to find hard lines and then purposefully breaking every hard line that's in the fucking... Yeah. Had, had they found those hard... Had they established those hard lines and then shown those hard lines being respected and then pushed push. later on... Sure. As, as, as a person evolves, if they would have shown the natural evolution of someone who is exploring and learning and growing, that's great. But Because the female character, just, she was a fucking virgin too, wasn't she? Like, I, thought, I don't know. I thought her character was a virgin. Am I mistaken on I that? I mean, she was she was certainly an inexperienced person sexually. Yeah, like, which, again, is one of those things that the creepy dom type, right, the quote-unquote yeah. creepy dom, that's, that's, that's their, prey. their specific prey. That's yeah. a target that they go after. So we it don't is call a, them doms, we call them dumbs. Yeah, <laughs> creepy dumbs. <laughs> Rapists. Yeah. That's just, that's not even We can just go with it. rapist, yeah. yeah. So... Now that that's out of the way, that's why this thing started. We were actually at Chris's house, and I was basically talking about how Dave's going to suck my dick. And people were like, hey, you guys should start a podcast. That's funny. Because apparently people want to hear us talking about me sucking your dick? I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. While calling me daddy, of course. So here's an issue of contention. <laughs> He calls uh, me daddy too. So I, I call I call Jake yeah. daddy sometimes. Fight over him. And you know, honestly, I would I would be really pleased if you guys would just fight over who I get to call daddy. I I mean I don't really have to fight him. I'll just put him over my knee. You're gonna put Jake yeah. over your knee? Yeah, I I put <laughs> Jake over my I, knee. I, I'm not even going to contest that. <laughs> after hearing about his, like, after the bar in the alleyway story and then the fact that he's, like, a professional knife maker, I'm, yeah, I'm so, not going to go up against that kind of firepower. I don't know if y'all realize it, but I have a camera. No. <laughs> you creepy fuck. <laughs> Just like, okay, so picture this. It's Chris. All he's wearing is his, uh, his fucking smock. <laughs> and it's like his forge is in his baseball in the cap. Background. He's got his baseball cap and his safety glasses. Yeah, and safety first. Safety first. And it's like he's on a chair, and I'm over his knee, and he's whipping me with a knife. We could whipping you with a knife. I mean, I, we could use a knife. I have floggers. I mean, that is. I like thing. the whole knife thing, though. Oh, right. Like, I'm a big. I like blades. Like big knife. I uh, I actually there was some pictures that uh, Crystal took of me. With my uh, K bar, like up against my throat and stuff, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like totally down for that. Um, eventually, I'll stop being a pussy and actually let her cut me. But it's like, I actually had never got into cutting. I, I don't like cutting. Yeah, um, no. So knife play, knife play is fun. Right. And I think you know, doing actual cutting can absolutely be safely done between consenting partners that have the experience and skill. But it's never been something. That does anything for me, like the idea that I can't, I can't detach enough to feel like this is just play. Right. I it, well, I can't, I can't separate actual uh, blood, the side of blood, from negative experiences. So, right. Uh, you know, having experiences with, you know, martial arts and knife fighting, um, you know, in 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 the unfortunate side of those scenarios not to just hey let's learn how to fight with a knife it's you know I actually had to fight with a knife <laughs> yeah like hey let's not die with that guy trying to stab me um so I could never get into blood play because I always relate it to negative you know physical experiences 
Uh, but knife play, I can get into because I, I love knives. I always have, and you know I, I make them. So being able to create those scenarios is lots of fun. But there's so always that wall, that line, like, there's hard line. Again, yeah, back to the boundaries. So that's something that I don't think gets enough attention in the fetish and kink community. How not just subs, but dominance should have limits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that doesn't get talked about enough. People talk about, oh, I'm a sub, so I don't want this done to me, I don't want that done to me, I don't want that done to me. But what's rarely brought up is, I'm a dominant, and I can't do this, I can't do that. That's not brought up very often. There's actually, um, I typically, before I'll, like, really engage, I believe, with a play partner, somebody that I'm going to get DS with, there is actually a, a checklist that I have found and print out, and it's like a whole list where it asks questions of all the different kinds of kinks that are possibly there, and then it, it ranks from a scale of one to five, as well as like soft limit, hard limit, uh, curious, something or else. Is this a? And it goes from sub from the sub perspective as well as the dominant perspective. And is so, this a resource you found or something you created? Yeah, no, it's something I found uh, uh, while should, researching like two years ago. We should include playing. a link to this in the show notes somewhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going yeah. to. I'll download. That, that's it. a really good resource. Um, I'll find it again, but it is. It's an, it's an amazing resource, and I I'll I went and filled it all out, and then whenever a girl that I was interested in. I would have her fill it out, and then we would swap. I'd let her read what I wrote and circle and had my hard limits on. Because like I, I don't want to fucking urinate on somebody. Well, right, I don't right, want to of shit course. And I don't want like, my shit. I don't thing. want my limits not fucked to, with like, either. Shame that if you're into that. Of course, totally yeah, fine. Just my hard limit, not into it. It's but at the same time, doing that checklist and then handing it off to your potential partner and having them do it could also lead some really sexy, fun conversation. I think. Oh, it absolutely has. Yeah, it's been great. You can start discovering each other's interests, which is a nice introduction. Negotiation has always been my like one of no, the yeah, favorite no. parts to be like getting to know someone. Negotiation can be hot. And negotiation can be fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's no need to make it this like fucking super formal like. Mur, mur, mur. No, you're basically just talking about sex, and I can do that <laughs> all day long. I'm gonna you know, talk about fucking. That sounds horrible. You know, right. Sex and, and fetish. And all the different and ways I want to fuck you, and all the different dirty shit I want to do to you. Which holes? Or which ways? To me. Because like that's what I would do. I would because I, I would answer it like fully. I would answer it from the done to me perspective as well as the do to you perspective. So are you a little bit switchy? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Uh, what I have found though, because uh, I actually I let, you know, I let Chris. Not this Chris. Different Chris. Uh, tie me to a chair once and fuck with me. Like, heavy. Like, yeah. let her interact out some, like, dominant perspective, some, like, control aspect. Because she always has a vulnerability thing. Like, it's, it's one of those things. It's, like, letting somebody get in that headspace with you and then giving them the control back. Mm-hmm. Full control. Not the sub from the bottom, like, dom from the right, bottom. Right, right, right. Not, like, not, not topping from the bottom. And what I found is... When I'm in that position, I don't get that, like, submissive mindset where I, like, yeah. go into the subspace. It actually riled me up more. Right, exactly. That was my I experience. Free, exactly. I let loose, and that's so, actually the first time I had Dom drop. Because I went so hard afterwards that it was like, holy shit, like... So, a um, couple years ago, I was dating this girl, we'll call her Blue, and... You know, I was I had I had some real serious feelings for this girl. It was a very serious multi-year relationship. 
and fetish and BDSM is a big part of who I am and a big part of my sexual needs. She was rather hesitant and nervous about the situation. Uh, she also had a um, she has a hes- she had a hesitancy because she felt like being sexually submissive might be a contradiction with her feminist principles, which is you know a common misperception. That is a difficult. Um, so what I did was I was like, listen, you know how much my self perception of masculinity, my self perception of my uh, my ego, my power, my pride, my masculinity is how important that is to me. I'm going to sub for you. And then you'll see that on no level am I humiliated. On no level am I, you know, degraded. Not that humiliation and degradation don't aren't valid kinks. Of course they are. But anyway, so she tied me up. I'm a filthy little slut. I am a filthy slut. You're winking at me across the fucking table, and I'm trying to tell a fucking story. My cock is going to start throbbing soon, and I need to fucking tell this story, so stop winking. Anyway, Blue tied me up. And I believe I was also blindfolded, if I recall correctly. And this was the first time I'd been properly bound. And I discovered this place where I didn't feel... I didn't feel less powerful. I didn't feel less masculine. I didn't feel... I really didn't even feel submissive, to be perfectly honest. I felt like I could exert 100% of my strength and power with zero possibility of hurting anybody else. I no longer had to make all those decisions I usually have to make as a dominant. Um, I felt so dangerous and powerful that I had to be caged. It actually made me feel more powerful. Well, it should. I mean, it, it, the whole the whole point of, of those those interplays is is to empower your partner um, by facilitating their desires. You know, like being a submissive is it, it, you're you're giving the gift of your submission but you're also giving direction of where you want that to be taken. You you are in complete control. And, and that's, you know, when people ask me about being a dominant because I highly, you know, identify as just a dominant, it's because I see the position as a submissive position. Like, I'm a dominant in that I facilitate other people's desires. That is a submissive role. It's all about perspective, but all of this, all of these things, on all sides of the fence, whether you're a dumb, a switch, a sub, or, you know, a top, a bottom, it's supposed to empower you by exploration. You're exploring what you want and you're doing Self-discovery and self-empowerment. Yes, and that, that that's what this is all about. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on. It's all a vehicle to empower yourself, to make yourself stronger, so that you can know yourself better and be a more whole and complete human being. And it translates into all parts of your life if you let it. And you do it in a healthy, sane manner. Absolutely. I mean, the more that I've gotten into the exploration of dominance and what it's done for me personally, I mean, I work sales. That that's fucking full-on power exchange the entire time I'm doing this job. Like, I'm calling, I'm talking to random people, and I'm taking full control of a conversation, and then by the end of it, I'm like, give me your money. And then they do. So it's right. It it bleeds into any aspect of your life whenever you actually start to apply it. It It's like one of my old managers, there was a call whenever I first started, I was a fucking baby, never done real sales before, and I was on a call, and, and... 
you know, we got off the phone. I didn't make the sale, obviously. And, and he was just like, he's like, Darrow, with those people, you have to dominate them in the conversation. And I was just like laughing because I was like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> it was like at that moment, it kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, okay. I understand this on a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, talking about bringing it to other aspects of your life. Um, those of you who know me through social media as a photographer know I, I have a healthy ego. Uh, by healthy, I mean perhaps no, unhealthy. No, delusional. You're whispering into the mic and I can't tell what you're saying. Yeah, I know. The it's listeners no. know what you said, but yes, I don't. exactly. That's uh -huh. fucked up. Anyway, so I've got, I've got a significant ego. And in a, in a funny sort of way, when I got into BDSM, when I got into kink, and when I got into finish, and I started practicing dominance, I started learning about some of my inner motivation, some of my inner uh, emotional uh, past trauma, my emotional construction as a person, and started recognizing a lot of the places where I might have a desire to compensate. And strangely enough, practicing dominance and doing that self-exploration has actually reeled my ego in quite a bit. I'm, I'm probably less of a compensator and less of an egomaniac today than before I started practicing kink and fetish. I think, I think the biggest thing with kink and fetish is it teaches you how to be humble. It teaches you humility. Because you have, it's not like a, you're not, you're enacting fantasy, sure, but you're not enacting this mindless, pornographic, no real thought put into it. You have to actually have conversations, there's communication, there's emotions to take into effect. And that's something that I feel like, again, bleeds back into the culture of modern America where we avoid emotional intelligence. There's no real emotional intelligence in this country. It's not taught. It's actively avoided. To be emotionally intelligent makes you a fucking cuck in most of the, the eyes of the, the, the masculine that are out there. And it's like, no. I mean, the less emotionally intelligent you are, the more pathetic you actually are. Because you're mindless. Forces you to communicate, and through cum communication, it naturally breaks down barriers, and that's all overinflated ego, and and you know, all all of our inhibitions and everything that that makes up those those idiosyncrasies that that we we let build up and 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 lead to negative personality traits. All of that gets broken down through communication, naturally. Like if you're communicating with other people and you're open about it and kink forces you to be an open communicator that breaks down those barriers in your own head you're breaking down your own barriers while breaking down someone else's and it just naturally humbles you because you get closer to the core of who you really are you have to yeah and to call back to something chris was talking about earlier when you're the dominant and you're taking the limits that you've negotiated the the limits the sub has set there's a power exchange, and there's obvious. The, there's the obvious first tier power exchange where the sub is uh, bequeathing power to the dominant, but there's also the power exchange where the dominant is giving the sub control over how, when, where, why that can and can't be done. Right. And of course, you know, with the with the power ability exchange. to, so there's there's power being surrendered by both parties bring that back to the humility thing regardless of where you are on that spectrum whether you're dominant or submissive and however you engage in that to engage in it properly 
you have to surrender power, regardless of who you are or what role you're you're engaging in. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. There, there's the power exchange at the very fundamental base of it. So it 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 does all boil down to actually respecting the person you're engaging with and trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can't have power whole, exchange without trust. Like you can't be a dominant and a fuckboy. It's just not possible. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. Well, not a good dominant. Oh, wait, they're, they're dumbs. Yeah, they're dumb. You're, you're not a dumb, yeah. you're a dumb. They're, <laughs> they're just physically aggressive males. Yeah, and no. Domineering, and that's where I think a lot of people yeah. domineering people Domineering people masquerading as doms. Yeah. There's a lot of it. And it's unfortunate. It's just, you know, emotional immaturity the end of the day that's that's really all that is so um jake is headed to the restroom uh we're looking forward to thinking about his dick being in his hands uh, I, I like to open the bidding um i will sell jake you sell is jake human property now i i, I i'll sell him yeah uh, okay so what's the opening bid like what's let's start it well you know he's new so. he's new okay we can start it like 20 bucks 20 bucks yeah, for an hour for an hour yeah. so we're peddling jake's ass yeah pretty much all right we 20 bucks for an hour all right <laughs> listeners so if you're following our facebook page go ahead and send in your bits only talking though only talking and heavy petting well who's gonna pay 20 bucks for that oh, he's pretty he is pretty Jake is pretty. Yeah. Okay. So, listeners, uh, send us a message on your Facebook account uh, to our to our Facebook page, and give us your bid for twenty dollars for Jake's ass. And uh, that's that, oh, twenty dollars is the opening bid. Whoever gets the highest bid uh, gets gets an hour of Jake's ass. Uh, but remember, only heavy petting and talking. Yeah, we're breaking him in slowly. It's it's really the polite thing to do. But if you can make him cry, we'll give you your money back. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I can I, I can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> behind? I like the dog barking. The, the dog background. barking is a nice touch. Like, we can totally add this. Uh, and, oh, shh. He's, he's oh, wait, back. wait, Jake's coming back. Jake's coming, coming back. back yeah. So uh, we're recording at a public coffee shop, actually. I guess we could have mentioned that. That's what all this background noise is about. Oh, yeah. Hence... Yeah, and the dog bark. Yeah, there's dogs, and they're loud, but I think it just adds to the atmosphere a little bit. You may get some interesting uh, Facebook messages. I might. Yeah. Yes. For what? Yeah. What'd y'all do? Well, I mean, you'll find out. Okay. We're, we're opening up your skill set a little bit. You're opening up my skill set a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you guys Among come other over things. here on my? Did you pop open my Facebook over here? No, 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 we didn't get no, on your computer. No. Okay. Okay. No, no, it's just, uh... Just we... opening bid is $20, just... Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> God damn it. Oh Whatever. God. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll take it. So, uh, Oh, yes, you will. I bet. Oh, no, you'll take <laughs> it. worse people. <laughs> Your skill set isn't the only thing we're going to be opening up, buddy. <laughs> I've already had some dicks in my mouth. I'm not a huge fan of it. That's your forte, sir. Um... We're not talking about your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. I was recently talking about needing to get my prostate examined. So, well, see, we're here to help. I appreciate that. See how generous and altruistic we are. Um, 
we're gonna have some intelligent conversation about sex relationships fetish and kink community and mm -hmm. how that all works we're gonna talk some we're gonna tell some dick jokes we're gonna talk about fucking jake's beautiful asshole it is pretty beautiful um, there's there's like minimal hair there like I, I I'm I'm Irish, but I also have a lot of native blood in me, so I have very little like body hair. My asshole has a little bit of hair in it, but it's not like anything unfortunate. You know, like I don't have like any... my butt cheeks are completely bare. It's beautiful. No, I, I have no ass hair at all. Hairless young boy. Like seriously, he's a hairless young. Boy. I don't have a single chest hair, not one. So, anyways, um, yeah, we're gonna have thoughtful introspection and discussion as well yeah. as dick jokes and uh, discussion of butthole hair and and if you're into that very you inclusive to our podcast yeah. yeah very inclusive i mean we can talk about anybody's butthole hair anybody's butthole hair i mean i don't i don't care I bet, if you sexually chris, identify as a fucking narwhal i bet we can braid chris's butthole hair no no we can't hope not. No. you seem hairy you seem like a hairy individual not really no no you know, as long as we've known each other, I've never seen you shirtless, I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. I mean, you've seen me full on naked. It's true, I have. Actually, you rubbed my shoulders while I was getting a blowjob one time. I did. I did. That, was it at, like at a play party? Or yeah, it was just... at a play party. Yeah, it was at a play party. Okay. I thought it was funny. It was funny. Uh, the girl was probably more surprised than I was. That that's, was. That's why I did. I knew it wouldn't bother you. I just wanted to freak her out because it was funny. And I knew she didn't like me. <laughs> Well, that's that's okay. hilarious. You, like you do have a. She was very jealous of me. Yeah, jealous of you. It, it was very interesting. Odd. Like she, um, she did not like our, our dynamic, our dynamic at all. Oh Fuck. God, we didn't even make it like a couple of episodes in before we started talking about my fucking exes. Yeah, well, I mean, they're just so colorful, <laughs> and it's just such a great like just fucking wealth of of content that we can get into there. Like from from your your habitual white knighting, and <laughs> I put the, the emphasis white on bitch. Uh, white knighting. Yeah, you're totally a white knight. How not, so? Not in the negative way. Yeah, like you love to save the 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 sad girl. Oh, okay. So I generally think of white knighting as saving from another person. No, you're you're kind of Captain Save a Ho. Yeah. No, you're no, super I can be. I, no, I'm Save -Ho. Captain Save a Ho. Sure. White knighting is very different. Ah, to me. I, I, white knighting's always been somebody that goes up to like help the the, the meek. But one. not because like I'm not trying to steal away from somebody. Well, no, you're else. not a snake. Okay. I don't think all white knights are snakes. But now your shirt makes more sense. <laughs> I think she also didn't like that she she couldn't get it, gain my interest, like on that. Oh, yeah, sexual yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. totally like, can get that vibe I, from her. Like, I never looked at her sideways. I was always like, "Hey, how's it going?" I like, you know, the, she could not woo me whatsoever. I was immune to all of her wiles. Which leads into the opposite side of the uh, creepy dumbs. <laughs> There, yeah, the, the, there's the, also the... there's there's the domineering people who masquerade as doms, and then there's the uh, emotional manipulators, the um, the masquerade as victims. Right, the the institutionalized victim, the habitual victim. Yeah, the masquerades as a sub. Yeah, I and, mean, and, they, and, it's, and it's both things exist. Yeah, and it's well, it's again the emotional honesty comes into play there. I mean, there's a spectrum with everything. Yeah, everything in life runs on a spectrum, and people dial into different parts of those spectrums it, and it runs in, through everything 
in our lives, every every aspect of our lives, every aspect of our personalities. We we are creatures that run on a spectrum. Um, so like you have you have doms out there that also play the victim. You know, like oh, they, sure. they, you know, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this one cheated on me, that one lied to me. You know, the you know, there's people who are like that and and, and there are people who, who aren't. There are people who shoot straight all the time and they're just like, Hey, this this is a thing that happened. Uh, I'm not gonna take part in this and you know, like you know, with me I have very defined hard lines where like if somebody has a partner, I never engage with them in a way that could even insinuate interest because people's boundaries are very important to me. So when I see couples together or groups that are like poly polypods, I love that term, polypods. Polypods. Um, you know, a lot of them think I, I'm against being polyamorous, and I'm not. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love to see it happen, but I don't never engage in a way that anyone could construe is you is trying to move in on yeah because i see that all the time they're like oh you're poly great and like everyone's super friendly now and like hey how would i put my arm around you it's cool because you're poly right and it's like no that's not cool you're not part of their group fuck off dickbag you know like stop being a jerk which leads lead that actually bleeds into my own little story of a girl coming to me one night after hanging out with a guy and like sitting down a little bit tipsy and she's just like i finally understand what you mean by being poly and i was like okay what she's like yeah i was totally hooking up with this guy at the bar and but i know that we're dating so i understand what it means and i'm like no 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 you just you just cheated on me that's literally all you did no no like yeah like no, you, you you you, have you missed to have the a... fucking ship completely. Actually, <laughs> like, that's not no, do we have to like communicate and agree? Yeah, uh, like before if you, like, it's at inside some point, everybody's boundaries. Give me a warning that it might occur at least to get like a check mark. Like there was no communication, yeah. and that's no, that's not cool. But I've I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen people who, are, oh yeah, like I just do whatever I want, right? It's like no, no yeah, no. no, no, no. This is one of my this is one of my major works. fucking pet peeves. People who think of open or poly as a fucking free-for-all to just do whatever the fuck you want with no accountability. Which can totally be a thing uh, no, no, if it's if, initially agreed upon. Exactly. Like, hey, we're going to do whatever we want. We don't have to communicate, blah, blah, blah. Like, If you negotiate a free-for-all, then a free-for-all is entirely valid and fine. Spectrum. Yep. <laughs> Spectrum. Yeah, and it all bleeds back to one central theme that I think is fully lacking from the reason why we initially began it, and we started off the conversation, consent. Yeah, yeah. literally the best word in yeah, the yeah, fucking You talk dictionary. about everything and you get consent. I think consent is, is the most under-discussed, under-appreciated aspect of the lifestyle still, even today. Even fucking with, any lifestyle. Um, oh, well, yeah. In, you know, in any, it doesn't even have to be BDSM. It's just in life, it's in that you know, like that old saying of like, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. No, no, no it's not. It's no. never better to ask for permission. To I ask, ask for, for forgiveness, forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. Always ask permission. I I even get I in my sales approach, I find I make sure that I'm getting enthusiastic consent before I'll get into the pricing. I'll be like, hey. We're going to go ahead and start talking about packages. And what I'd like to do is just, you know, earn Talk your business. Is it okay packages? if I try to earn your business right now? They're always like, yeah. 
But why I just, wanted you, Jake? I, I want to talk about packages, though. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, all the packages that are going to be in my butthole because of you two fuckwads. <laughs> hey, you know, business, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, there was a key word you dropped a moment ago. You didn't just say consent. You said enthusiastic consent. Oh, yeah. And that's a major thing for me. So, I mean, I don't even get the fucking desire to engage in something that doesn't include consent. Like, to me, enthusiastic consent is the hottest thing that a partner can possibly provide me. There's nothing that makes my dick harder than enthusiastic consent. Mm -hmm. Like, it's if you're not enthusiastic about it, I'm not fucking interested. I can't even watch porn where it sounds like the girl might be sort of not enjoying it. It just fucking turns me off, like, immediately. Like, I'll be watching something and I hear it and I'm just like, ugh. Next. I'm really not interested in meh. (laughs) Meh just doesn't do it for me. I don't don't understand how people can get off on on someone's reaction being like, yeah, I guess I'll try that. I mean, if if you're not getting an enthusiastic response of whatever sort, you're basically using another human being to masturbate. Yeah, but and there's a whole subset of human beings that are completely fine with that, which is no. where the whole joke. Oh no, of sure, the, I'm talking about the my five personal. Second man, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking about my personal interest and in, and in, in, in tendencies. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, if you want to use another human being to masturbate, and another human being wants you to use them to masturbate, cool, y'all have fun. But personally, like, I, yeah, unless I'm getting enthusiastic response, whether it be pleasure, desire, or even. Um, you know, uh, like if you're into making somebody have have a pain response, that needs to be enthusiastic. Yes. Like even if it fucking hurts and they like hate you for it, and that's where coming like checking in, I think during a scene is always important, especially yeah. whenever yeah. you're pushing those boundaries. If you agree to start pushing boundaries in a scene, there's always the importance of, of constantly checking in. And I think that's something that people avoid. Oh, as and well. by the way, um, if you've agreed to uh, start pushing boundaries in a scene, you make that agreement in negotiations before the scene. Yeah. That's not something you decide Trying to, like, negotiate on the fly gets really dangerous because once you're in the headspace, you're not thinking clearly, and it's almost like trying to have sex whenever you're too drunk to consent. Like, again, you're too fucked up in a mind state. You're really really fucking high on your own fucking body chemistry. Negotiation on the fly is never really a good thing. It depends if you're in an established situation with someone you've worked with for a long time, then, yeah, you can bend the rules a little bit because yeah. you've garnered a level of trust that exceeds the normal amount of trust it takes to go into a scene. Right. But when you're a, a, a new partner and you're, you're trying things for the first time, these are not things that you want to do when, when you're first exploring BDSM or just a new partner. Yeah. Like, this is, this is trust building, and it takes time. It's not something you, you do in 45 minutes. You know, it's not something you do in a week. It's something you do over, this, over a course of weeks, months, and years. Yeah, no, for me to even go into my, like, full dom space, for me to, like, go full dominant, is not something I do with new partners, no matter how experienced they may be. Um, for me, it's something that's very personal and intimate. I, I, will, I, I work up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I start out, honestly, like, it's like 75% vanilla. Like, it takes me yeah. several encounters and several interactions and months of trust building 
before like I'm ready. things that I'll do that I that I include in my own personal like quote unquote vanilla repertoire. Like I'll I'll do you know the hand on the throat thing. Oh no, sure, yeah, no, I'll I, the, I'll put my hand on the throat and slap somebody. Yeah, yeah, and those are but those are also like very. But like I, mean, I, I dated a girl for three and a half years who the first time I put my hand up at her throat like fucking broke down. And that was before I really learned about really communicating desires at that point. It turns out that that was one of her massive triggers. We communicated afterwards. We debriefed about it. And then I never attempted it Also, again. yeah, no, debriefing. So negotiation prior to a scene and debriefing after the scene. They're both fucking important. Yeah. Well, um, debriefing after aftercare. After aftercare, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah aftercare comes um, first. The cuddling so, and the reinforcing of, I do love you. Talking about your experience putting your hand on a girl's throat and she was triggered, um, I was in a relationship with a woman for several years who had been assaulted, uh, sexually assaulted. And in that encounter, she had been pinned by the throat. So the first time I put my hand on her throat, yeah, she freaked out. I mean, she, like, hit the fucking ceiling, understandably. Um, and what was really fucking beautiful is talking about self-growth and what this BDSM practice and kink practice can do for somebody. Yeah, it's over another the, topic that we're going to get into. Over the course of... Kink as a therapy. Right. Uh, over the course of, oh, I'd say nine months or so, got to the point where her allowing me to grip her by the neck and to put, put a firm grip, you know, I, I grabbed her fucking throat. Um became a loving intimate thing that only I could do that was a very personal you know trusting loving experience between the two of us and it was only because she had that previous uh, emotional trauma that we were able to have that so yeah no kink kink as therapy is absolutely a thing and talking about the sort of the, the, the self-exploration, the, the growth, the trust, all those things we were talking about before. Which, again, further podcasts from now will actually dedicate whole episodes to getting oh, right, deep yeah. into specific topics. Further episodes are going to have specific topics. We're just kind of giving you all an introduction on yeah, this one. Yeah, it's just a conversation right now. Are we at like 45 minutes? We might want to call we're it. We're like about 50 minutes in right now. Oh, we might want to call it. Uh, cool. Uh, does anybody yeah, else no, have I mean, anything they want to say? Pretty great. No, I'm good. Uh, this has been great. It's awesome. Been, I, I'm gonna keep coming back. If I yeah, yeah, yeah. Can. Yeah, we're recording at a public, uh, at a public area. It's uh, yeah. Epoch Coffee um, on North Loop in Austin. So um, if you're listening, and you're local. Come yeah, by. Like, we, we, we're, we're recording because we want to be inter- interrupted and have interjections. <laughs> All the perverts hang out here. It's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of perverts here. Of lurking. Yeah, yeah, this there's guy there's a lurking here, pervert like, right just, now. He's, it's it's great. I've been I've been waiting for him to come in and say something. The consensual well, perverts. Uh, well, everybody already pretty much said what I, what we're feeling anyway, so. There was really so. nothing really to add. <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure something out after. But yeah, I mean, listeners submitted stories. If you've got experiences, we want to hear about them. So hit us up on Facebook. Go to Twitter. Uh, Suggest topics. We're, yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear what. Yeah. What you want to hear us talk about? Yeah, I mean, obviously. If, oh, oh, oh. If we're not hitting on something, bring it up. <clears throat> and for sure. Uh, so Jake and I are both essentially like straight dominant males so if you fall into a role outside of that you know we're looking at you know submissive submissive males dominant females you know 
basically anything outside of the heteronormative uh, straight dominant male role. We'd love to have you on the show. No, you guys are also kind of a couple. Oh, we, well, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. he likes to grab at my dick sometimes but I totally I mean it's but, more but like it's a loving stroking lo- I don't really grab it I don't like it's not like a trump you grab. caress it's, yeah it's, you, you it's don't trump, soft you, you don't know? trump my dick yeah I uh lovingly I the, caress the, it the, the loving reach around the loving reach around <laughs> I uh band name I barack your dick <laughs> you barack I my barack dick? your body <laughs> all right I think with that we can uh, go ahead and say yeah. good night yeah Definitely look forward to doing this more. Probably doing it Good once night, a week, Gracie. every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, Epoch starting Coffee. around, we'll say seven thirty, eight. Yeah, we, yeah. We started a little bit late tonight, but we're waiting on Chris. Yeah, South by oh, man. South by dude. Fuck. South by South Whatever. by. Fuck my life. All right, bye. Bye.